Welcome back to Gaelic Games Fan TV. I'm joined here by Matthew Hurley from the Gaelic Statsman. We're here to review all the weekend's club championship action, looking through some different GEA news stories. Obviously, plenty to discuss and plenty to digest, really, from, um, yeah, definitely an action full weekend. Obviously, taking it back to, to Saturday morning, you obviously had the draw for, for, for the All-Ireland Championships, for the Provincial Championships, which we'll be getting into in just a moment. Obviously, some action-packed games. Kilmichael Croaks coming out on top, obviously, in uh, in Dublin. Three in a row complete. First Dublin side to do so since 2001. You had the Wicklow final, which obviously went to a draw. Big wins for the likes of Cross McGlen Rangers and Nace, obviously, in their respective club championships as well. And we'll also be discussing some of the shocking scenes that took place in Tullamore between the Leinster Club Senior Football Championship match between Tullamore and Summerhill. So... Definitely a lot to uh, digest and break down. And Matthew, I suppose, uh, how's life with yourself? How are you getting on? Yeah, I'll go, Darren, and thanks for having me on again. Yeah, um, um, doing well enough um, throughout the past few weeks. Like I went to the car hurling final last week. Brilliant experience seeing SARS win it. Um, car football finals next week. So definitely going to hope to go to that. And the club is really slowing down in the county scene. And it's probably the same for the rest of the country. It's known to the provincial championships. And even look at some of the provincial draws at the moment, especially Ulster. I know we'll get onto that in a sec. But that looks an intriguing draw, especially one side of the draw. You look at Scottstown running it, Cross McLean, Irrigal Kieran, um, Kilcoor on that side of the draw. And then you've Watty Graham's Lynn on the other side, kind of chilling. So it's, it's, that's going to be a very interesting um, club championship, definitely. You have St. Normans and Nace, could they challenge Kilbacode in the Leinster Championship? And you have the Connacht Championship up as well in the Munster, which, like I would have said, Dingle would have been the main uh, All Ireland contenders before the weekend. But Having looked at them on Saturday um, in that game against Big Kerry, what happened to them? Uh, Ten-point loss. I don't know what, what happened. Were Big Kerry actually that good? Were Dingle just off the pace a bit? We'll talk about that in a second, I'd, I'd imagine, as well. But, yeah, an interesting action-packed weekend. But as someone said to me um, during the weekend, it wasn't the best weekend for the underdogs. You look at all the underdogs, Ballyboden losing. You look at Selbridge losing by two points to Nace. You know, because um, Clan de Gale uh, succumbing to Cross McGlynn Rangers. He had a lot of underdogs losing the two semi finalists of Waterford lost. So he had a lot of losing. Crusheen lost to Clan Lara. So it wasn't the best weekend for underdogs, but the favourites, including the likes of Kilmacode and uh, Denier or Nace, kept, kept marching on. Yeah, and I suppose, funny enough, like Ballyboden were actually the favourites in most people's eyes. And, and even according to the bookies, like according to, I think, Paddy Power had them as. As favourites going into going into the game against Kilmichael Croaks, which might sound a bit crazy, really. Um, like I, I fancied Bally Bowden to win, but I thought the bookies would have had it odds even, or maybe Kilmichael slight favourites. Um, Keen also says here St Bridget's survived a late boil surge to win the Roscommon County title. I expected Boyle to win it and go a long way in the club championship, but such an open Connacht club championship now. Yeah, it is. It definitely is all right. And you'd be looking at Galway as well. I think Mike Cullen and Corfin booked themselves into the into the final there as well. So I think you're always kind of looking at the Galway champions to be one of the favourites. Usually the Galway teams do tend to uh, to do quite well. I suppose we'll start off by looking at the draw, the, the provincial championship draw uh, that obviously took place on Saturday. I don't know if you've seen the draw, Matthew. Like what were your, what were your thoughts on it initially? Yeah, I actually did some like tweeting and live uh, Instagram posts and this draw I was listening to it on the radio and what infuriated really um, me Aaron to be honest with you it was the same as the UEFA and FIFA the draw took an absolute age like you look at the Ulster yeah. Championship draw that was there and then in the middle of it Joanne Cantwell and it was talking to the beginning about 
oh, how is it like to play in an Ulster Championship? I'm just like, get on with it. Like, we don't have time just to listen to that. We can listen to that in the league next year. This is the time for the draw now. Just get it done with. You know, it's it's ridiculous. Like, you, between actually the first draw in Ulster and the last draw in Connacht, I'd say there was more than an hour between. And I mean, that was, you know, it was bad for the Lister, really. And, you know, it was really, really... Uh, bad. And we're talking even about the Munster, the Leinster Championship draw, uh, potential matchups and Colour War coming up against um, Dublin and he's going to fulfill his dream and trying to beat Dublin. And I'm like, lads, be real. You're not going to beat Dublin now. Me, they're not going to beat Dublin. I know they've improved, but they're not going to beat Dublin. Simple as. And you're going on about uh, the other side of the draw. I think Evan Coverford had his say on Twitter um, uh, during the weekend as well about oh, it's the same argument about Tipperary, Watford, Clare on one side of the draw. To an extent, you'd be sick of that argument. But like, it's probably a kick of the teeth for the likes of Down and Westmead in Division 3, who could even go up in uh, Division 3. And then uh, who will get in the Munster final? Clare, Watford or Tipperary. And it's kind of a disservice to those counties in general. And I'd really feel bad for Westmead or Down. Well, Down could reach an Ulster final. You never know. Like You look at Down's side of the Ulster draw, you have Armagh again. Like Armagh would be definitely licking their lips and going to the Ulster final, but there were some parts of the draw that were comical, but some parts of the draw that were really, really interesting. Like the Connacht draw, the Munster draw, and the Leinster draw were probably standard, but you look at the Ulster draw, Derry against Donegal. How could you not ignore that fixture? Mickey Hart against Jim McGuinness. You couldn't write it really. And um, what what a draw that was. I'm not sure where it will be played. Celtic, if it's played in Celtic Park, what an atmosphere that'll be. Or even um, Bally Buffet, if, if it goes there. Like, that's going to be some atmosphere there. And even the other three sides in the draw, Monaghan, Tyrone, dare I say, Cavan, I think John McMahon is looking at this and thinking, oh, he's tearing his hair out at this. Being on the same side of the draw as Monaghan, Tyrone, Donegal and Derry. It's like all the sharks are there and Cavan are a fish. Sorry, John, I have to I have to put uh, that kind of uh, comment in there. But, um, but yeah, that's the way it is. And uh, Cavan will be feeling sick about it. And to be honest, I think down in Westmead, who'll probably go up for Division 3 next season, will be see- feeling sick at the sight of Clare, Watford, the Tipperary, all on one side of the draw without Cork and Kerry on their side. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, big up to everyone in the in the chat as well. Keane says here, the clash between Mickey Hart's Derry and Donegal under the stewardship of Jim McGuinness promises to be a cracker. And big up uh, Dublin is great as well. Make sure everyone's hitting the... The like button, subscribe, and all that good stuff uh, helps the channel grow. So much, much appreciated. Um, yeah, I suppose you know, we'll have a look at the draw maybe quickly on the on the screen there, maybe for those who, who didn't catch it. So it will be Tipperary or Waterford, and the winner will be playing Clare, and it will be Limerick or Cork, and the winner will be playing Kerry. Uh, as a Cork man, like what were your thoughts getting Limerick? Obviously, I suppose you're going to have to realistically play Kerry at some point anyway if you're going to do anything in Munster so is it better to get them in a semi-final or is it or would you rather have gotten them in a Munster final I suppose at least then you would have had a guaranteed place in the in the All-Ireland but what's your thoughts on it? The thoughts initially is that Cork have to do well in the league again this year like and I've been doing the math and look at the other provincial draws in um, in, in brilliant detail I think if Cork finished fourth in Division 2 that should be enough I obviously want Cork to go up um, to Division 1, go on a further run to Division 1. Eventually, we have to get up there. But I think if we finish four in Division 2, that should be enough to get us in the All-Ireland Series. Look, um, Kerry, like, regardless of if it was a Munster final or a Munster semi-final, we would have played with Killarney anyway, so it was always going to be a difficult task. 
And um, some people are actually believing the car could be Kerry. I don't. I know I am very hopeful about this car team with some good young players coming through. Connor Carbers. There's actually news about Connor Carbers. I was speaking to Holly O'Sullivan recently, and he's not going down to Australia not this year anyway. And um, he's going to finish off his last year college course at DCU. So that's brilliant news for the car footballers. He's staying on for another season. Will he go to next year? I'm not sure. But he's staying on. You look at Brian Hurley, Stephen Sherlock. There are some still lads staying on in the, the car team, which is brilliant. Look, I don't think we're going to be... I think we're a year off beating Kerry. In all honesty, uh, Kerry are still have the likes of David Clifford, Sean O'Shea, and they're going to call upon some more talent. Like you look at the Kerry uh, semi-final during the, during the um, uh, Saturday night, that there was a guy, I think, um, his second... Nathan Breen at full-back for the mid-Kerry. I thought he was excellent. If they bring him in, that's another um, body they need to bring into that full-back line. You look at uh, Mike Breen, who had another good game. Kerry have some brilliant players uh, defensively and offensively. Jason Foley's improving. Thomas Sullivan, we know how good he is. Shane Ryan, probably one of the best goalkeepers in the country. So Kerry have the best players all over the field. But what is key for Cork is to beat Limerick. I don't like it. I don't want to discredit Limerick. I know they've done a brilliant job and in initially getting up to Division 2. And I go to college in Limerick and I enjoy my time in Limerick. And I probably will be writing so much about Limerick and the Limerick Voice this year. But Cork have to beat them. They have to, simply. Like Limerick are a Division 3 team. We're aiming to be a Division 1 team. We, if we're going to be close to Kerry in the next few years, we have to beat Limerick. We have to beat Clare. We have to beat Tip. We have to beat Watford. There's no excuses now. We lost to Clare last year, probably deservedly so. But them losses should be a distant memory now. We have to go on and beat these teams. And look, if we go on and beat Limerick, which we should do, we'll have a crack off Kerry. And see what happens. Um, I'm not expecting us to beat them in any way. I'm expecting us probably to get another quarterfinal appearance, another appearance in Crow Park. Possibly if we get a good draw, a semi-final. But that's a long way away. But look, it, it was one of it I expected really. We were going to get Kerry in a semi-final because um, Claire and Kerry were in di- different pots to Cork. So I kind of expected that we'd get Kerry anyway. But, um, yeah, it's the way it is. It's the way it is. Cork have to go um, to Canary to play against Kerry, albeit we beat Limerick. But I really would be feeling sorry in this draw for Westmead and Down. And I'm sure you will as well, Aaron. Clare, Tip, Watford, on one side of the draw, guaranteed place in the Sam Maguire. It's another pro- probably bit of proof that the system is so flawed. You look at Sligo in the Connacht final last year, um, denying the likes of me the place in Sam Maguire. Like... Like I know Sligo, fair play to Tony McIntyre and his team. He got them into an All-Ireland series. He got them into a Connacht final. But he de- deprives the place of the Sam Maguire to, to a like of Mead and Down, whatever. Like, and that's not right either. You want the best teams in the All-Ireland series. I think it's a relief for um, teams. That it's not like a West Mead situation last year where they won the Tadden Cup and they're stuck in Division 3. It's a Mead situation and Mead are in Division 2. So, and we probably will stay in Division 2. I think they're good enough to stay there. So, there won't be any excuses there. But it does prove that the system is flawed, that those three counties are going one of them are going to make Sam McGuire and Westmead are down potentially or not. Yeah, no, I do, I do agree as well. Like, and I don't know, I don't know if the solution could have been something like a playoff or something between the, the runners up and a provincial final and a sixth place Munster team or a sixth place Division 2 team. But the only problem is then, you know, if you have your fifth place team and more games and everything else, it just could, could get a bit messy. But um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. But um, but yeah, like I suppose 
Clare fans will be looking at it and thinking it's, it's a chance to go straight back into an all Ireland series, but at the same time, they weren't very competitive. Well, they were competitive enough in there, but they didn't win any games. I just don't know if that's doing them any favours either, if, if, if I'm being honest. But um, this was the draw for the Leinster Championship then, for anyone who didn't see it. So Westmead, Wicklow, Carlo, Wexford, Longford, Mead. Uh, winners of Westmead, Wicklow play Kildare. Winners of Carlo, Wexford play Loud. And the winners of Longford, Mead play Dublin. And then you have Offaly v Leash. Um, and it will be the winners of Kildare and who they will play, and then the winners of uh, Loud and who they will play, and then vice versa for the other two games there. So, I mean, to be fair, it's not inconceivable that Westmead don't reach a Leinster final. I know Kildare will be the big favourites there, and a lot of people will look towards Loud as well. But, like, Westmead will be avoiding Dublin on their side of the draw. So maybe that's something for them to, to look towards. Or, you know, if, if you're going to reach towards something, maybe, you know, Maybe they put all their eggs into the basket of the of the championship, you know. Yeah, and I think actually Westmead, funnily enough, I think they have all the attributes to beat Kildare. I really think so. Like Wicklow, not discrediting them, no. I think Wicklow could even beat Westmead under there. They have some excellent players like Kevin Quinn, Owen Darcy. Like they do have very good players. But this Westmead team, they did very well in the All Ireland. Like you talk about Claire, they they were competitive enough, but they weren't really Sligo the same. But Westmead, in every game in the all Ireland series, they were competitive. They probably should have beat Armagh last year. They should have beat Toronto on another day. And against Galway, Ray Knillen was sent off early. So, like, Westmead can... They have proved that they can um, mix it in with the bigger teams. Kildare, like, Kildare, this is a huge chance for them to reach a Leinster final. It really is. And Glenn Ryan can't complain about... You know, the draws or the link to the grass or anything like that this year. Look at the side of the draw you're on. You're in with Westmead, a low team without Mickey Hart. Like, they have some good players, fair play to them. But, like, it's not a Dublin. It's not even a Mead. It's those sides. And I think Kildare have to be licking their lips and thinking, this is a Leinster final. This is our chance to right all the wrongs of complaints and things like that and get into a Leinster final. I think like it's a tough one, really. Like Loud, one of the key things actually in the McGinley, and this was one of the things that RT did well in fairness. Like in the McGinley, was talking about Loud without Mickey Hart. Maybe it's an opportunity for these players to to say we could do it without Mickey Hart. We're independent and we can go to a Leinster final. It, Loud will be thinking that in the back of their minds as well. Like you look at their side, of the draw Kildare Westmead definitely beatable. The side they play in the quarterfinal, Carlo Wexford definitely beatable. So Loud will be definitely fancier chances in getting to another Leinster final. Meath, like if they beat Longford, they'll face uh, Dublin in the quarterfinal and Colm O'Rourke will come up against Dublin. Look, I think Dublin would win that game. It's obvious. It, that's that's just stating the obvious, really, is the Pope Argentinian. But I will say, I will say this. In, an, in a neutral venue, in a in a venue down in Leinster, such as a Tullamore, um, a Mullingar, or Portleash, or wherever, Meath can make it into a battle. And I think Meath, if there's any chance of them putting up to Dublin, I think the main thing is to make it into a battle. And they definitely will do that for about maybe 40 minutes or so, and then Dublin will start to take over because of the fitness. But I definitely believe in this Meath team this, um, next year. Like, you look at Jack Flynn there, um, Jack O'Connor, who, who's excellent at the Talton Cup. You look at Jordan Morris, Matthew Costello. There are some very good players. Connor Gray in midfield. There's actually players that are notable now. And I think Colin O'Rourke has a base to build from this year. And definitely, um, and you know, a, a stepping ladder to achieve something something brilliant. Off the leash, chance to reach a semi-final, a chance to reach Crow Park. But then again, you're playing Dublin in a semi-final. They're probably going to get hammered, to be honest with you. So, 
it's kind of a situation there, like which team wants to win and which team wants to lose. Like it's sad, really, but it's just way Leinster's gone. And um, yeah, of course, you have your own dubs there, um, Aaron. And yeah, they'll probably win Leinster again, but it's probably not helping Dublin being in Leinster. And you need the likes of Mead and Kildare to step up. It's as simple as that. Like Mead have done affairs, they're taking stepping stones. They won the Talton Cup, they knew their place last year. They built. They built on uh, their Talton Cup. They were they were they were kind of a rabble coming into it, but coming out of it, they're like a rejuvenated team. We'll see what it does to them next year. But um, yeah, the key thing out of this is me and Gildare need to pluck up seriously, or else Dublin are just going to cakewalk Leinster every season then for the next maybe five six years. Yeah, I think Kildare are definitely the team that I think are most likely to to put it up to Dublin. If there is, if there is a side, you never know what Kildare like they. They can be inconsistent as anyone really, and you don't know what version of Kildare is going to turn up at any on any occasion. But if you look at the underage and you look at some of the players they, they're producing at the moment, some of the battles they've had with Dublin in the last few seasons, I think they're more than capable of of I wouldn't say beating them, but if anyone's going to do it in Leinster in the next couple of years, I think Kildare are definitely best placed to do so. But again, is anyone going to do it in the next three, five years? It's hard to know. Kildare do seem to have the jump on Dublin at underage level, but will that translate? to senior level and like Dublin I'm sure like Dublin have so many great club players you know we even seen them in, in the Dublin club championship final which we'll get on to in a moment that aren't even playing for the county so um, but there we go but as you were saying about Mead and Dublin like Mead like usually Dublin play their Leinster quarterfinals away from home against the team that they're playing like that's always the way it's been for pretty much the last 10-15 years or my time watching Gaelic football um, maybe there might have been the odd one that was in Crow Park but so, like, looking at that logic, Dublin should play Mead, provided they beat Longford in Park Talchin. Now, the argument will be, is Park Talchin big enough? Maybe it isn't, you know, for, to hold both sets of supporters for, for a big championship game. But then maybe Tullamore or something like that. So, I just hope that, like, even as a Dublin fan, I'm saying this, like, I hope the GA don't bottle it and avoid putting that game, you know, avoid putting that game in Crow Park at all costs because if they put it in Crow Park, it's just going to kill the game and kill the atmosphere as well. Mm, definitely is yeah and uh, if you put it in Crow Park it's going to be another hammering and Mead will take another pacing and it, it'll definitely degrade the confidence of the young players from Mead as well like, and you don't want that you really don't like I looked at that Mead team last year in the Talenton Cup and I, I was impressed the way they acquitted themselves and it'd be just a shame for them just to throw it all down the drain because of Leinster Council's decision to put a game in Crow Park and I think you can't just keep putting games at Crow Park. It's as simple as that. Like Dublin are just going to cakewalk it nearly every time. Like you're nearly going back to the days when I remember Longford going to Crow Park. I think in Do- Dublin beating them with twenty five points. Like what did that do to in Longford players afterwards? Like Leash losing by what was this four thirty to two nine this year? Like that's like you know you don't want games like that. You don't want games like that. Now I think. It's an opportunity, really. It's an opportunity for the GA to right the wrongs, to put this game in a neutral venue. If you put it in Port Leach or Tullamore, I think it'd be more than capable of holding both sets of fans. I think it would, to be honest with you. Like, you look down through the years. Walsh Park and Watford has hosted games between uh, the home county in Tipperary and Limerick in the Munster Hurling Championship. You look at Parky Rain has hosted Cork and Kerry in, with the Parky Rain or Norris saga. You looked at... Um, Games in Ulster, down through the years, Bally Buffet's hosted games between Donegal and Toronto. I wouldn't say that's the biggest venue 
in the world. You look at St. Connors Park at Kildare, has hosted Kildareans Mayo all them years ago. Look, it is definitely possible for, um, you know, um, neutral venues to host these sorts of games. And look, you could put it on Diego, you could put it on RT, and and fans that don't, aren't able to go to the game because it's sold out can watch it on TV or online. Just a simple solution there. So I think you have to put it in Tullamore, you have to put it in Port Leash. Maybe not part because I don't I think Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the quarterfinals um historically are neutral venues. So I don't think um so I can get home advantage in those. So put it in Port Leash, put it in Tullamore, make it a game. Because you looked you looked at it even last year, um a prime example in the Munster Championship, Kerry and Clare, there was a huge opportunity for the Munster Council, put it in Cusack Park, make it a tough game for Kerry. They put it in the Gaelic grounds and Kerry just run a sunder on them. You can't have that. You can't keep having games like this. And you need to learn from your mistakes, put in a new neutral venue. And that's that's all there should be to it. And Tullamore, Port Leash, I've been to those grounds. They're big enough to host me in Dublin, in my honest opinion. Yeah, it should be interesting, all right. Like, I know this year we played Leash in Port Leash. And I think a few seasons previous, we played Wexford in, in Chadwick's Wexford Park. I've got a few seasons on the bounce, so it'll be interesting to see what what, what they do with it. Most definitely, um, just looking at Connacht briefly. So uh, New York Mayo versus Roscommon, Sligo Leitrim versus London Galway. I suppose nothing really too exciting there. Mayo Roscommon obviously um, will be playing each other once again, so I'm sure uh, both sets of fans will be looking so- forward to that one. Provided Mayo do beat New York, of course, um, but you would suspect that they will. Um, and then looking at Ulster, I mean, this is really the the draw, I think, that really raised everyone's eyebrows when we uh, when we heard this or raised their ears or whatever. I mean, you've got Monaghan versus Cavan. That's a derby. Derry Donegal. That's a derby. Uh, Throne will obviously play the winners of Monaghan Cavan. We saw what happened with Throne and Monaghan last season. Um, the potential for Derry going up against Throne, Mickey Hart going up against his former team. And even on the other side of the draw, it's another possible, you know, it's another great opportunity for Armagh to get back to an Ulster final, but at the same time, great opportunity maybe for a county like Down to to cause a shock or two, um, on possibly en route to an Ulster final themselves. Definitely so, and Down will definitely be licking their lips at this in fairness, and uh, knowing that Clare, Watford, Tipperary will reach an Ulster final, I think this is a huge opportunity for Down to reach an Ulster final, as well as that, not only to get into the All-Ireland series, but maybe to raise the confidence of these down players because you look at Bourne and Kilku in particular, there is talent in down and the players want to play there. So it's a huge opportunity for down to get to. I'm not sure of the situation actually with Oren Murdoch. Is he going to go down to Australia? If he is, that's a huge loss to down. Maybe he'll finish off a college course like Connor Corbett. For Cork did, I'm not sure, but I think it's imperative to down keep him. He's an incredible player. He's a rangy player. He's well able to go for the back of the net as well. You've Ryan McGill, you have um you have the Johnstons, you have the Kimbuku boys, you have the Brannigans, you have Eugene Brannigan who went into the panel last season. And of course, you have Conrad Lafferty and Michigan all together. Like you have an excellent manager there. So I think Down have excellent potential. You have Oshin Savage, who was excellent in the under 20 championship last year. If he goes into the first team, that's going to be a bold move as well from Conor Lafferty. And Conor Lafferty would know the under 20 players, and that cohesion is so important to a team. If you know the under-20 players coming through, if you know the senior players coming through, the players know each other as well. And it's just a great bond between them. And I think Down definitely have the potential to reach an Ulster final. Armagh, they have to win an Ulster, don't they, Aaron? 
Like we've said this so many times, like Armagh, the main aim, winning Ulster title. They haven't done so since 2008. Obviously, that statistic of them reaching haven't reached an Ulster final since 2008. That's gone now. They reached it last year, but they just couldn't get the job done again. Pen de out. and they've lost. Like it's actually incredible in its own right. They've been knocked out of championships. The last three championships they've been knocked out of were in penalty shootouts. They have to fix that up. I, I don't care, Aaron. Like they have to practice penalties. You can't keep going out in penalties time after time after time. You know, and then the excuses will kind of wane off. So I think it's imperative for Armagh to go on and win the Ulster Championship, but for Down, huge opportunity to go on and, and get to an Ulster final. The other side of the draw. Um, four sharks and a fish, simple as. Um, sorry again, John McMahon, for that um, kind of rude comment to your your own county cabin, and hopefully uh, put off a surprise against Monaghan. But um, look, that's intriguing, actually. Monaghan, uh, get on to Derry until we go in a minute. But Monaghan and uh, Tyrone, considering what happened last year or this year, should I say, with Ryan O'Toole's goal in the last minute, the amount of ammunition between those two counties would be absolutely through the roof. Tyrone would think they could have won that game last year. And if if Rhino 2 probably was another player, he probably would have hit fisted over the bar, but instead he went for the went for the joker. It worked. Like it's gonna be such an intriguing game. Like Tyrone have to prove it this season. Brian Duhur for Logan are under immense pressure this year. They have to go on and win the Ulster Championship at the very least reach an all Ireland semi-final or potentially a final. If they don't, I think they're in major trouble. Of uh, losing their jobs, in all honesty. And then, Derry Donegal. What else can you say about this draw? Like, Donegal, I think there's huge potential in this Donegal team with Jim McGuinness at the end. Like, Jim McGuinness definitely ingrates a bit of confidence into Donegal, but you're coming up against a huge shark in the tank here, Derry. You have Mickey Hart there, you have all the pieces in the jigsaw. You have Shane McGuigan, Chrissy McKeague, and Brendan Rogers all out of the club championship. Um, well, they might be playing hurling, but all out of the football championship. So they'd be well rested before the Ulster Championship in the league. That's a huge plus for uh, Derry. Like, they've brilliant players all over the field now. Um, Derry, if Conor McCluskey turned into a brilliant player last season, or Lynch improved game by game, Conor Glass, like, he has the potential to catch fire. So this Derry team, they've won two Ulster Championships in a row for a reason. They're an excellent side. But what a statement it would be for Donegal if they were to go to Celtic Park and beat them. Like If they were to do that in the first game of the championship, that would be absolutely incredible for Jim McGuinness. And the confidence it would instill in Donegal players, it kind of reminds me actually of Jim McGuinness's first season. He, I think he played Tyrone in Clonus, I think it was, or maybe it was Brickley Park. I can't really remember the round off the top of my head. But he played against Tyrone. No one expected him to win. Tyrone were the raging hot favourites in that game. And Donegal threw a callback fan scoring one goal. I think Ryan Bradley or somebody scored the second goal. And Donegal somehow beat them. They went into an Ulster final. They reached the other semi final last year. And that was a statement of intent of what they were going to do the next year, which was obviously win the All Ireland. So it'll be interesting to see what the attitude is for Jim McGuinness and his players in this game against uh, Derry. And let's not forget. These two managers have, reached, have played each other in a quarterfinal in Ulster before. Remember 2013? Tyrone reached a league final. Donegal are the champions. We were thinking that was an intriguing game. Who came out on top in that game? Jim McGuinness did. So will history repeat itself? And will Donegal come on top of Mickey Hart's team? Yeah, he's a very good record against Mickey Hart as well. I don't even know if he's ever lost to him as a manager. I know we think he's won two or three times against them. So... 
yeah, it, it could be very, very interesting uh, indeed when that game comes around. And I'm sure, look, like we could, we can nearly sit here and preview it now. Like that's that's how exciting it is. But obviously, <clears throat> it is a good couple of months away. So we'll we'll save it for when the uh, for when the time comes. And uh, Tom says here is it possible for Tyrone and Derry to lock horns in Ulster? It, it is possible if Derry can get past Donegal. And Tyrone can get past either Monaghan or Cavan. But what I would say is definitely don't sleep on Monaghan because let's not forget they beat Tyrone last year. You know, we definitely need to put some respect on, on Monaghan's name. And I would I would say, to be honest, I would nearly fancy Monaghan going into that game. But look, it's it's obviously a long, long way away. So we'll see, obviously, once that uh, once that does come around. So we'll run through some of the weekend's county finals and big club championship talking points. Uh, I suppose, first of all, looking at the Dublin final, it was Kilmacle Croaks 114, Bally Bowden, St. Enders, nine points. They obviously recorded a, a match reaction that's already up on YouTube. So if you want to see me talk about the game uh, in more detail, go and check that one out. But to briefly uh, summarize, it was just dominant from Kilmacle Croaks, really, from start to finish. Bally Bowden stuck with Croaks quite well in the first half, only two points down at half time. Um, and I thought. Bally Bowden were doing really well to actually keep with Croaks, considering I don't even think Croaks kicked the void in the first half. But in the second half, the more the game went on, Croaks started to dominate. Shane Walsh doing Shane Walsh things. I mean, that's just an absolute wonder goal. Like, he could have very easily not shot from there. He could have easily put it over the bar. He didn't need to go for the goal. Croaks were three, four points up at that stage. Um, so, you know, how many times do we see players in those positions not go for goal? Uh, but fair play to Shane Walsh, he did. Shane Cunningham was very good. Paul Mannion was excellent. Um, from 1 to 15, Croaks were excellent. So, yeah, dominant, dominant display from Kilmichael Croaks. And they're going to take some stopping now and could very well win back-to-back All-Irelands. Definitely so. And even look in the Scorpio app here, five, five of their forwards actually scored. Only Hugh Kenny didn't. And that just proves Croaks have the firepower to, you know, blitz anything in, um, in the country, never mind uh, Dublin County. Like Bally Bolton, as I said, were some like some people would have, including yourself, would have put them as favourites to win it. And even doing the stats, John, during the week for the preview, I thought Bally Bolton actually looked good, and I could see why people were tipping them to you know dismantle Crooks. But Crooks, they did it from the off. Like even at half time, the like Bally Bolton were still in the game. But then Shane Walsh hits an absolute wonder goal. What a finish that was to the top of the net. And Crooks, the kick on from there, they've done absolutely excellent in the club championship. And even I was looking, we were talking off air there about um, Dar Mullen. He hasn't been really into the, this championship. He's been more of a workhorse around the team, playing a wing forward. He's done absolutely excellent despite his low scoring tally. Craig Diaz didn't play yesterday. Like Rory O'Carroll, according to the Scorpio app, was playing midfield. Like that just shows the versatility that he has um, in the team, in fairness. Like he was playing centre back for Kid McCullough in the past he was playing full back full back for the Dubs obviously so like he could play midfield alongside um, Mark O'Leary Mark O'Leary got a point as well Like, but I think the major guys and it's obvious Shane Walsh and Paul Mannion like Mannion is just an exceptional footballer and he's just like every time he kicks the ball no matter what angle it is you just know where it's going between the uh, two posts it's just incredible to watch really and Shane Walsh he might be out of a game, maybe for 20 minutes or so, and then, bang, he's into it. He gets a goal out of nowhere. He's an incredible footballer. And um, and people were comparing him to the likes to David Clifford and um, and even Paul Mann down through the years for a reason. He's an incredible footballer for Galway and for Kilbo Cut. 
I think they'll probably win Leinster now. They'll have to win Leinster. Like, you look at them, they're side of the draw. They're against Aeroke from Carlo in the quarterfinal, and then they're against either Ratnew, Blessington, or RD St. Mary's in the semi-final. So you'd have to expect Kilbercourt to get to the final at least. I think the toughest test, the next tough test would be the final of the Leinster Championship. Whether that'll be, in my opinion, probably St. Lomans or Nace, that's going to be a tough game for them. In fairness, like Nace have put it up to Kilbercourt in times gone by. St. Lomans, you look at the players they have in Sam McCartan and John Hazel and Ronald O'Toole, etc. So Kilbercourt still have a long way to go to an All Ireland. And let's not forget, once they, if they get out of Leinster, of course, the draw this year is that they'll face the Ulster champions. And you look at the Sharks in the Ulster Championship this year. That's going to be an incredible game if it is if it does come to pass. So you'd have to fancy Kilbercourt at this stage for the All Ireland. But I was looking at Paddy Power in, in the past few weeks about uh, the All Ireland club odds. The last time I checked, Watty Graham's Lane were odds on favours. Kilbercourt were second. Could Watty Graham's Lane get the revenge? Is going to be very interesting over the next few weeks. But Kilbercourt, they got the job done here. Paddy Bowen, very disappointing from them. Eight points out of nine actually came from three players in the two baskets and Ross McGarry. Really, in a final, that's not really good enough. And um, they got punished for it. And they've had a brilliant year in football and hurling. They go into the hurling next week. But um, ultimately, the football came court, they were just a brilliant team. And the better team won in the day. Yeah, like, and you mentioned there, what, Graham's Glen being being favourites for, for the All-Ireland. But even going into this game, like, most bookies had Ballybone St. Enders as favourites. And... I even had a few people on Instagram message me over the weekend saying, you know, Croaks were hugely disrespected going into the game. They were written off and in many ways that fueled the fire. And that was the reason for Croaks going out and putting in the performance that they did because they were aware of so many people like write them off left, right and centre, including myself. don't know if they saw me write them off, but like generally speaking, a lot of people were writing them off. Um, and why do you think that was? Like, do you think Croaks maybe were disrespected somewhat? going into this game. I know Bally Bowden were looking so good, but let's not forget what Croaks have achieved. Like to be fair, like they have they did win the All Ireland last year, albeit a little bit controversially, but they were in the final of the season before that as well against Kilku, lost out to a narrow goal. So like in the span of three years, you know, they've only lost one game, you know, one championship game, and that was to Kilku. And now three in a row in Dublin. So like realistically when you look at Croaks, although Bally Bowden look to be fair, were looking so good coming into the game. Like Croaks just Croaks are a seasoned team at this stage. They definitely are. And just to add on to your point as well, Kilbercourt have not lost a championship game in normal time in three years. Remember that Kilku game was extra time. So mm. look, it just shows the talent and the resolve that they have. They're a very good team. And I think maybe maybe it was looking at too much into statistics. Maybe it was looking at Bally Bowen's results. The fact that they hammered Bally Bowen Bally Kickums the way they did. Or maybe it was just the fact that people wanted a different champion. Maybe somebody wanted a different champion to overtake uh, Kilmacote. So, yeah, I think, you know, Kilmacote are a brilliant team. You look at Shane Walsh, Paul Mannion, Connor Ferris and Goal. Like, they have an exceptional team all across the park. And even to do to win the Dublin Championship finally um, yesterday without Craig Diaz, that's an incredible feat in, in its own right as well. So, yeah, Kilmacote, they'll definitely be a team that they are the hunted. Will a team hunt them down? I'm not sure. Wattie Graham's Lane are probably the closest to it. And maybe, like, if it's in Crow Park, I'd actually fancy Kilmacote Crows to get over the line. But if it's in a regional uh, venue, I'd fancy Wattie Graham's Lane. We'll have to see what the GA's decision is on that once it comes to that um, time, of course. But Kilmacote, they look an excellent team at the moment. And, um, yeah, they're definitely the hunters. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose another, I suppose, very big, famous club that uh, got over the line in their respective championship was Cross McGlen Rangers in our in our Mad to be Clan Nagale two sixteen to one seven. Um, very comfortable from from what I heard, especially in the in the second half. Ryan O'Neill with three points, Kim McConville with five, Jamie Clark with a goal, Paul Hughes with three points, Ushin O'Neill back as well in midfield with a point there as well. So. Yeah, dominant, dominant stuff for uh, for Cross McGlen. I suppose maybe not that big of a surprise, really. Like they were definitely massive favourites going into the Armagh Championship. Like to be fair, like every now and again, Cross McGlen, especially in the last like seven or eight years, have had the odd shock defeat, and uh, they've had a few surprise defeats here and there. But another championship uh, for them, two in a row now, um, and them going up against the Toronto champions in Ulster, like that'd be a cracking game. It should be, and to be honest, like I was thinking about this today. Like, imagine if it's Eric Kieran that eventually win the Toronto Championship. Not take it away from Trillick, no, but imagine this scenario: you have the Canadians against the O'Neills and Keen McConville, who's related to the O'Neills as well. That's going to be an absolutely incredible uh, battle in fairness. And while I was on uh, the O'Neills, actually, the photo that uh, Cross McLean put up was actually brilliant. Saying the club president, uh, Margaret McConville, with um, her grandsons, Keen and the three O'Neills, there are no Sheen and uh, Rian. That was absolutely brilliant stuff and it's what club is all about and people complain about the club and um, being over into county at this stage of the year that's why images like that and they should be cherished um throughout the GA community but yeah by the looks of things it was a comfortable win for uh, CrossFit Lane like 12 points that's a, yes, a competitive as or comprehensive as you could get in a, a county final so that was a very good score from them Key McConville like he's been proving it for so many years now for CrossFit Lane you have to feel When's he going to get a severe opportunity with the Armagh footballers? Like five points again yesterday. Like that's an incredible tally. Rain O'Neill again, exceptional. O'Sheen O'Neill from midfield. You've Callum Cummins at centre back as well, who was in, in and around the Armagh team. So he's going to be a massive, massive um, player to keep an eye on. Aaron Cornyn, what a player he is. I think he's 39 years of age and he keeps going and going at wing back. He's an incredible um, service to Crossway Lane and an incre- incredible player. Indeed, um, yeah, they're an exceptional team. Really, really good. I think Oshin Kieran is another player who played for Armagh. He actually came off um, in the 54th minute yesterday, but he's another player. If he catches fire, he could uh, prove something um, for Cross McLean. But even that side of the Ulster draw, you look at it, Eric Kieran, Cross McLean, Scottstown and Kilku were all one side of the draw. Like, how you can't really write this, really. It's almost like the intercom is mirrored onto the club scene in Ulster. It's absolutely incredible in its own right. So, yeah, Cross McGlynn, they'll definitely be a team to fear. But then again, they will be wary of what happened last year. What happened last year, they become up against Bally Bay, Pierce Brothers from Monaghan. They lose that game, unexpectedly. They have to be, you know, tuned in against whoever it is, Trillick or um, Eric O'Kiron from the off. If they're not tuned in from the off and even in the second half, they could uh, be they could be paying for it afterwards, but well done to Cross McGlynn, exceptional achievement. And then, um, yeah, their reign in Armagh County titles goes on. Absolutely, absolutely, it sure does. And uh, Gauna, they were champions in Cavan, they beat Kings Court Stars 5 15 to 13 points. So, two in a row now for Gauna, as far as I'm aware, there. So, very, very dominant uh, victory for them. Tiernan Madden at uh, wing back with two goals and four points. Uh, Connor Madden with two points, Keane Madden with three points. The Madden's absolutely dominating everywhere, it seems, um, on the pitch in Breffney Park. Connor Casey with two points. Remember him from 
his little cameo on RTE a couple of, uh, I think last year. So great results for uh, for Gauna. I was just going to check there who they're playing in uh, in in the first round in Ulster. Just having a look, they're going to be playing Nave Canal of Donegal, who we'll get onto in a moment. But great result for Gauna, and um, yeah, like even looking at it on Scorpio, like they won the semi finals quite comfortably as well. So um, be some scenes I'm sure around the uh, the cavern tonight and tonight and yesterday and probably tomorrow as well. It's funny, actually, I was looking in the Scorpio app or what's the score, or dim score apps or on Twitter or whatever as well, and I see that scoreline, and I thought it was actually a mistake because King's Court, I looked at King's Court's team, like, I, I'm sure they, yeah, they have Jordan Morris in their team, and, like, mm-hmm. I thought King's Court would be the main favourites for that, but Gona absolutely blitzed them. 17 points, that's an incredible scoreline. It will definitely, um, you know, stand to them going to the Ulster Championship against Nave Quinn Litzkun. It's an exceptional result for them. Tiernan Martin again, 2-4 from wing back. That's an incredible tally. Look, look, what is it about scoring defenders this year, Aaron? You look Colin McCarthy for Sars last week scoring four points from cornerback. You have Tiernan Martin scoring 2-4 this week. You look at Colin McCarthy in the all Ireland Championship for Monaghan scoring, um, what was this, 1-11 from play or 2-11 from play, whatever. Look, what is this about um, defenders now in both codes and hurling and football and going up to score um, incredible scores and um, individual scores? And it's incredible in its own right. And it probably just shows how much the game has evolved. But Gona, look at this scoreline. They were absolutely brilliant. And actually, a name that I noticed there, um, number 15, D McConnell. Is he Dar McConnell for Bar D? Is he? Like, if he is. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, maybe someone can let us know. I'd, I don't think so now. I don't think so. I don't. I, I wouldn't. I would have been. I'd be surprised if that is him now. But um, but yeah, maybe maybe the maybe the viewers can uh, can let us know. Um, to be fair, Ardy, we're playing his name, themselves. So. His name is Dara McConnell, but he spends his name uh, differently. D a r a g h. So I'm not sure. Is it a? Is just just his namesake? Or did he move clubs? I'm not sure, but that's quite an interesting uh, team. There, I have to look at RD's team. They're the set, but like if they have him in the team, if they if that is who I'm thinking of, like that's an incredible player to get. But that's obviously if they have him, they obviously have brilliant forwards in, in general. Other than um, Connor Casey, of course, they got Oshin Pearson scored a goal yesterday, and he's been brilliant for Cavan over the last year or so. You have the two Mountains. Uh, Ryan Donahue in midfield. Connor Brady's been a brilliant player for Calvin down through the years as well. Ryan Brady. So, looking at um, this team, actually, it's more like a Calvin intercounty team, isn't it, Aaron? Because you look at all these players across the team, and they, they nearly all play for Calvin. So, you nearly see why they um, An exceptional performance, yes, the Madden. What a performance from him! Absolutely, yeah. And I was actually having a look at the the loud final there, and I seen uh, Darren McConnell kick six points for for Ardy St Mary. So unless there's, you know, unless he somehow managed to play in both finals, um, which maybe you wouldn't put past him to be fair, but uh, but yeah, there's obviously a couple of. Dara McConnell's obviously knocking uh, knocking around by the looks of things. Um, but it will be Gauna who will be playing Neve Connell, obviously, who beat Godaber 116 to a goal and uh, an eight point. So a very 
comfortable results uh, for them right there. I mean, can Gauna, like, I mean, Cavan teams don't normally do much in Ulster. Like, I don't really remember Cavan sides really ever doing that well in the Ulster Club Football Championship, but could they put it up to the Donegal champions? I mean, could there be a potential? I feel like if there's going to be a shock in Ulster, that could maybe be one. It definitely could, and considering the Donegal winners actually don't do well in um, in the Ulster Championship over the last few years as well, you look at St. Unans mm. or um, Nave Quinlor or Guido or whoever it is, don't necessarily do well in the Ulster Championship. So I think Gauna have a brilliant chance of uh, causing a surprise. Would I call it actually a surprise? Because you look at Gauna's team and you think this team should be doing a lot better in general. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they lost it in a skin in last year. And that was considered a huge, huge shock. I think yeah, they did. I'm not entirely sure now, but like that was that was an incredible result that uh, Gona lost in fairness. But you look at their team, you look at the players that they have. That's an incredible bunch of players, and like they definitely fancy their chances against Nave Quinnell. The semi final would be against Watty Graham's game, most likely. That would be a step too far. But to beat a side like Nave Quinnell, the champions of Donegal. That'd be massive for Cavan football if they managed to do that. So, look, I'd say Gona definitely have the chance to do it. I think they could beat Nave Quinn. Look at the players of the Nave Quinn side and the Gona side. Actually, Gona have better players than Nave Quinn. So, it's definitely it's definitely not a long shot that um, the Cavan champions could beat the Tony Gall champions. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, look, it'd be, it'd be worth definitely keeping a, keeping a close eye on that one, Make No mistake about that looking at the Kerry football championship and the two semi-finals here East Kerry 116 Ratmore 110 David Clifford with a goal and three points Dara Roach on the score sheet as well with four points Paddy Clifford with four points I mean even just looking at their team it's just mental the, the team that Kerry have like Jack Sherwood playing a centre-back as well Ronan Buckley's in midfield Um, it, it really really is some team but the result I think that definitely caught probably me and you by surprise and be curious to know like Kerry football fans like I'd be curious to know their opinion on this. Like mid carry three ten, Dingle nine points. Um, like an absolute domination in the end from 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 mid carry. And when like when you looked at Dingle like coming into this game, like they were they were winning games left, right, and centre quite comfortably. They hammered Temple now in the quarterfinals. They obviously won the the Kerry Club Championship as well. As far as I know, they will still represent uh, Kerry in Munster, um, because it's two divisional yeah. sides in the in the county championship final, but. Yeah, just a very surprising defeat, and I didn't see the game to be honest. I think it was on RTE. I don't know if you got to see it, but um, I'll definitely have to have a you know a look back at that because yeah. very surprising to see them having got beat as comfortably as they were. Yeah, for once, actually, I didn't see a car game. I saw actually saw this game in full, and I did stats on it, and um, I was just shocked, really shocked at me um, Kerry beating them, but. It was kind of a game where Dingle, they seemed to be in control going to halftime. They got a few marks, like Niall Gain kicked especially an unbelievable point from him, the outside of his boot from a mark. But um, Dingle, they had a goal chance. I think Conor Gain was going through on goal, missed the target. Then the next play, right before halftime, Ding, um, Mick Kerry going down the other end. Killian Buckley turns his man, put, puts it in the back of the net, and suddenly Mick Kerry are ahead. Dingle... Then level it um, um, going into the home straight, but then make Kerry get a few points. Dingle then get a sending off. Mikey Gainey gets a sending off for a second yellow. That was key in, in this game. And then uh, make Kerry, yeah, they, they showed some bottle. Dara Cleary actually got the second goal. And surprisingly, actually, I mentioned this RT. Dara Cleary is a nephew of John Cleary, the car football manager. 
So could Derek Cleary actually throw on um, the Rebels jersey? I'm not entirely sure how that would work, really. But um, looking at it in, in more detail, I think he's actually from Kerry. So it's going to be very, very unlikely that he will put on the Rebels jersey. But we can hope and dream. He was an ex- exceptional player, actually, when he came on, scoring 1-2 from play. Um, Jack O'Connor then scores the third goal for um, Mick Kerry to end proceedings. And actually, Mark O'Connor got a straight red card for Dingle. So it actually, like, if he's missing for the Munster Championship, that's a huge loss. Because Mark O'Connor, he was the guy to come back from Australia and uh, deliver maybe a monster on All Ireland to um, Dingle, and now he could be missing because of a suspension. That's going to be a big loss. But um, yeah, well done to Big Kerry. They have some very, very good players all over the field. Like Nathan Breen at full back was very in very good form. Mike Breen at centre back, you know, killing uh, Bork from uh, centre forward, like uh, Darren Cleary coming onto pitch like they have some very good players actually Ian O'Connor was their standout player coming into the game didn't do much but when he was on the ball he actually did, did a whole load of uh, damage uh, Gavin O'Grady had good performance Darren Hoolahan who's actually the brother I think of Sarah Hoolahan the Kerry, former Kerry LGFA player so he had a very good game as well Sean O'Brien from midfield so big Kerry have some excellent players and I think their aim is to right the wrongs from last year they were probably poor enough in the Kerry final last year against East Kerry They'd want to write those rounds and beat them. East Kerry, obviously, I look at their team at Scorpio. It's absolutely exceptional, the talent they have in the team. But um, for Dingle, actually an interesting stat in this game. Dingle only scored one point from play in the whole 60 minutes. And I don't know. I don't know. Take that stat uh, what way you want. But um, like Dingle, to me, against Dr. Crooks last year, I thought they were very, very good. Maybe it's Big Kerry or just the better team. They have better players all over the field. They're a divisional side, like Lawn Rangers and Rod Milton Castle, Maine. Maybe it's because of that. But I thought Dingle would be much better. But they have a while now to prepare for their Munster semi-final, which I think is against either Clonmel Commercials or Newcastle West, probably, uh, the Tipper Limerick champion. So they have a while to prepare for that, going to the semi-final now. But, yeah, it's going to be tough to, you know, get yourself uh, off, off, the, off the horse after that defeat, to be honest with you. But... They'd still probably, in my opinion anyway, be favourites to win the Munster Championship. But, um, yeah, that was a tough defeat to take for Dingle um, on Saturday. Yeah, it definitely was all right. It was surprising all right, like checking the score and just seeing them get beat um, as comfortably as it, as they were. And I suppose it is an unusual scenario in Kerry where they've, they've had such a heavy defeat. But now they'll be going straight into the into the Munster Championship. It is quite a, a rarity, but I suppose that's kind of always the, the way it's been. Like Herons or Atlees. You know, finished bottom of the the county championship. I think lost three from three before going into Munster last year. So, um, be interesting to see what uh, what happens there. Looking at the Fermanagh final, Derry Gunley Harps beat Aaron Gales Balik two eight to uh, to nine points. So very very good uh, result for um for them. And uh, looking at Waterford, there was two semi finals there. Rock Ormac beat on Rin one fourteen to two nine, and the Noir are back in the final as well. They be kill Rossenty one sixteen to eleven points. So the Nor have usually been the uh, the dominant force in uh, in Waterford and Rack Ormick have been there as well. So it's a kind of a I suppose the usual final. Uh, Kulera Strand Hill uh, were champions in Sligo, eleven points to eight point winners there. Uh, first county title I think since two thousand and five for them as well. So fair play. Obviously Thurla Strand were very dominant for so long. So uh, Kulera Strand Hill, congratulations to them and then uh, Ross Common. St. Bridget's beat Boyle 12 points to 11. Um, narrow, narrow victory. A few people were, were mentioning it in the chat earlier. Ben O'Carroll with three points. 
so nice to see him on the score sheet there for St. Bridget's. Harsh for Boyle. I mean, I didn't see the game, but they haven't won a county title, I think, in 80 years or something, something like that. I think it was, you know, you have to go back to the 1940s the last time they won it. And, you know, you think of players again, the Smith, Donny Smith, you know, players who've given so much for the Roscommon cause down the years. It would have been nice to see them get over the line. But I suppose it is the the old dog, St. Bridget's, who I suppose so often do come true. Roscommon have done it again. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you even look at the ball team in, in general, like, not just Tony Smith or Inda Smith, you have Key McKeown and Daryl Craig there as well, two exceptional footballers. Yeah. Like, Daryl Craig actually didn't score anything in this game. And maybe, say, Bridges, the plan was to, you know, shackle these players and keep them quiet. And you look at Keith Feely, I've heard a lot about him as well, Noel O'Donnell, who's actually, what I heard recently anyway, is the son of um, Fork O'Donnell, the former Ross Collin manager. He's a decent there as well from wing forward. Like there's some exceptional players in um, Boyle, and it's very, very upsetting, really, that Inda Smith and Donny Smith don't get their flowers in the Ross Common Championship that they deserve. Like they're exceptional players, they definitely deserve a Ross Common Championship. I might be wrong now, Aaron, but I think their last championship title was 1927. I think I heard that somewhere. So that's nearly 100 years. So, like, that's that's really, really long without a Ross Common Championship. But St. Bridget's, obviously, they won the All Ireland um, in recent times, I think, in 2013, when um, uh, what you call it, uh, Kevin McStay was in charge of them. So they'll be going to go on another run in the All Ireland, uh, potentially. Uh, ben O'Carley mentioned there. Um, Newton got one point there as well. Uh, Conan from midfield actually had a very good game with four points. Um, there, Eddie Nolan's another Ross Common senior on the team from midfield. So they have players themselves. Brian Sack from full back at a point on, on the score sheet as well. And he's an exceptional player for Ross Common. So they will be a force in the kind of club championship, definitely. Um, I can't take off the top of the head who they're actually playing in the Connacht championship. I think they're playing. Uh, or Strand Hill, I think it is from Sligo. Slo- I'll have to double check this, but yeah, so that yeah. game is I think probably enough to beat them. The Kulair, fair play to them, winning their first championship since 2005. And Torn Strand obviously had strangled hold there. You would have expected the last one to win them um, the Sligo championship, but it didn't. And fair play to Kulair to go on and win it, but you'd have to expect St. Bridget's to beat uh, Kulera in that um, quarter-final. But, yeah, the college championship, as Cobbett said earlier, it is wide open. You look at, say, Kulera there, you look at, say, Bridget's, if Brafie making a mail the first um, time they'll go into the college championship with Seymour Degan on next Sunday. You look at Mike Cullen and Cor- probably Mike Cullen and Corrafine would be undoubtedly favourites, whoever comes through that in Galway, to win the college championship outright. But, then again, it should be a very interesting championship to see. But I really feel sorry for Boyle and Enda Smith and Donny Smith, Dark Craig, all them players who definitely deserve them um, more than what they're getting in their Roscon championship. Yeah, Gavin says here, St. Bridget's weren't great against Boyle, but they trashed North Roscommon and Roscommon Gales. Boyle was their first real test. The fact it's Strand Hill, someone new from Sligo should help Bridget's. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree as well. I think Thurla Strand, like very seasoned side that obviously played in Connacht Championships quite a lot over the last couple of years. Um, but in saying that, look, Kulera, we don't know a lot about them, really. So sometimes those kind of teams can be, uh, you know, even more dangerous um, as well. But we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what happens. Two semifinals in Galway. Corofin beat Milltown 313 to 212. And Mike Cullen beat Mount Belly, Mylock, 11 points 
nine. I suppose Mike Cullen are maybe going a little bit under the radar as well, or maybe even Corfin maybe as well. Like whoever comes out of Galway will definitely, you'd imagine, be the favourites anyway in Connacht. And um, with the fact that they'll be paired up with the Munster winners in the uh, All Ireland semi finals, because like, there is a strong possibility that the the Galway winners could possibly reach an All Ireland final, maybe go all the way. Definitely so. Like Galway is always strong um, in terms of all other contenders. And uh, Mike Cullen did an exceptional win. You still have Owen Gallagher at centre forward, still uh, knocking a boat. You have uh, Daisy Keneally there as well. So, And you have uh, Johnny Maloney, I'm sure, is in with the Mike Cullen team uh, this season. So that's a um, very, very good um, player to have around the panel in, in, in general. You look at Cara Finn, Gary Sice is still there. I actually don't know how, to be honest with you. Like, how old is he at this stage? Like, he scored five points yesterday against Milton. Um, you have six scoring one point. Um, uh, Dylan McHugh getting a point there as well. Kier Malloy, great to see him back. Um, after an injury layoff, he didn't score anything on yesterday, but um, very good player for Carfin to have uh, in and around the panel. And maybe like this is probably the win that Carfin need to get back at the Galway um hype train in a way because over the last few years they've been kind of the club team that everybody has forgotten about. You know, the achievements that they went through over the last few seasons. And then um, I think Mobile and Mylock beat them in, in a COVID year. And suddenly everybody thinks they're a pretty average Galway team. But um, they proved that this year they've gone into a Galway final. They're still knocking about. And they're still going to be a threat for Mike Cullen. Mike Cullen, obviously getting over the line against Mobile and Mylock. I think by 11 points to 7, I think it was. It looked like, by the scoreline anyway, a very, very dull game. But look, Mike Cullen won't care a joss. They'll get over the line. They'll go on to the final now, but wouldn't it be brilliant for Carfin really um, to get back up the horse? Wouldn't it be a statement if they go on and beat Mike Cullen in the final? But whoever wins the Galway Championship, I definitely think they'll fancy their chances in the All-Ireland, especially with the fact that they're going to a kind of championship with relatively new sides, like um, you look at Kulera, you look at Bravey, potentially um, maybe Bridges haven't been in the kind of championship for a few seasons now. So they'll definitely fancy your chances on that. And in the semi-final of the All-Ireland, they'll face the Munster champions. And who are you going to face in that? Dingle, who got beaten by 10 points against Mick Kerry. And probably Castlehaven, Nemo. Nemo weren't good against Tom May last year. Castlehaven are relatively new if they could get over the car championship. So Carfin or um, Mike Cullen, whoever wins that Galway championship, will definitely fancy their chances at a tilt of the All-Ireland this season. And... Like Carfin will be licking their lips okay to draw that if they get over Mike Cullen, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, it it should be interesting, all right. And um, I suppose as Tom says here, would have expected Ballinat to win the Mayo Championship, but not after their display in the semi. It was a dire affair. Like, yeah, the Galway champions will have to come through the Mayo champions, so that might be a bit of a test, but Mayo clubs don't tend to do too well, really, you know, in the All Ireland series. That's one thing I've picked up on really in the last sort of few years, but We'll have to we'll have to wait and see um what happens. So I suppose we'll move on to uh I suppose something that we never really wanted to talk about, and we certainly never really want to talk about these topics um when they uh, happen. I suppose we will discuss the games briefly, like there were three Leinster club championship matches and, and maybe I'll run through, you know, who scored and the talking points and everything else. But there was something that happened at full time between Tullamore and and um and Summerhill in the Leinster Club Championship in Tullamore that very much overshadows the entire proceedings really. Um, from my understanding, I didn't see the game, but from my understanding, there was a 
a call at the end by the by the referee. He was apparently he I don't know. Some people are saying he he called a penalty and then changed his mind or something like that. Some sort of confusion. But uh, what followed afterwards, unfortunately, at full time is not what you want to see in Gaelic football. And I actually have the the video here, so maybe we'll just have a a quick look at it and then we'll uh, discuss it after. It was a dreadful way for the Tullamore players to be told they were getting a penalty and then told it wasn't a penalty. You know, it, it's it's not it's, it's inexcusable, really. Oh. And there's a bit of argy-bargy going on out there. So oh, the referee the referee has ended up on the ground, or is it the lines? Well, there's one of the match officials that has ended up on the ground, and whatever people may think, Crazy, crazy stuff there. I mean, what was what's your what was your reaction? Um, seeing that, I mean, it just seems to be a it's just a regular occurrence at this stage, isn't it? It's just happening every every week. I mean, fans are fighting on the sidelines. We're seeing, you know, things going on between players. It just I don't know if it's being recorded more nowadays, and that's the reason why we're seeing it more. I don't know if it's a a reflection on the way society is at the moment. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but what what was your take on it? My initial reaction when I saw it, I actually was at a club in myself, my um, my club run a junior game at Cork, but I only saw the video actually when I came off the pitch and uh, looked at the video. And my instant reaction to it was disgusted, disgraceful, all them words. Um, don't, don't doesn't matter. And the same with the, I think you remember this as well with the Mount Belly Mylock uh, players attacking the referee at the end of the game as well against him. Um, Against uh, Ross Common champions a few seasons ago, and that was the great Potter Pierce. That was that was disgraceful in its own right. But for a fan to come onto the pitch and do that to a referee, I mean, it's just no matter what the decision. I don't care what the decision is at the end of the game. You do not assault a referee at the end of the game. Simple as, you know, it's it's it should be simple in a society like this that you do not go onto a pitch and assault a referee. Look, examples. In a general over the last few weeks with other sports, you look at the Rugby World Cup, and this is where I praise the Rugby World Cup because you look at the players when they go off for a yellow card or a red card, what the players actually do, and the fans the same would have the same kind of temperament. They go to the referee, they'd say, Oh, sorry, ref, sorry, uh, the player injured, and walk off the pitch, you know, gracefully. But in this society with GA, there's some tendency for fans and managers and players to attack an individual. And it's disgraceful. It is just it. You know it. It orcs me to be honest with you. And um, and what orcs me even more actually, there's some people you know that um I I see online or I know at matches and whatever they say oh um this is disgraceful what happens to a referee and then they call them you know um you know f words or uh, b words or whatever during the game, and they and you um intense violence and things like that in the game towards a referee. I mean, it's, you know, it's really, really poor. And I think I go back to the comments that you and Seamus and John and all the content creators in the Gaelic games have made over the past few seasons. And there was an incident last year, and Seamus mentioned this in his video, his TikTok video on O'Clare. There was an incident last year where a, a fella in, in the Roscommon Championship got literally knocked out. Like, this is the society we live in now. And a player, um, a referee, doing his job, getting hit from behind. He was just walking off the pitch. Just walking off the pitch like a normal human being. And then some fella, some idiot, comes behind him and smacks him. Like the amount of shock he must have gone through afterwards, the referee. Yeah, I think it was, um, what's his name? I think it's Barry Tierney is the name of the referee. 
the amount of shock he went through at the end of the game. I can't. I mean, it's ridiculous, really. And maybe it's videos online. Maybe it is. I, I think it is anyway. You look at the stuff with um, I think it's all of the Balland and uh, Nate Barogue last year and the Intermediate Hurling Championship were actually a brawl escalated into the stands. This is the society we live in now. And it's disgraceful. It really is. And I hope the GA do something about this now. No petty bans or whatever. Ban this guy for life. Or a substantial amount of time. It's ridiculous that this is still happening. But Seamus again. Again, Seamus Brady made a very good point about this. There's going to be some instances where the stewards wouldn't know who the guy is walking through the gates as well. So how yeah. on earth can you ban these guys, these idiots, from walking through um, the gates of a GA again? How simple as. And it's ridiculous, really. You know, it's really, really poor, to be honest with you. And it's a shame, Aaron. And I, I read one of your tweets yesterday. I completely agree with you when you say this. It's only when something tragic happens at a game, God forbid, something tragic happens in a game before the GA actually take their finger out and solve this issue. Because it's a disgrace, it really is. And I feel for the referee today who got the shock of his life yesterday and I hope he's okay after the incident and I hope that guy who um, assaulted them gets banned for life. Simple as. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Keen was saying here, uh, no wonder... Why referees are stepping away from refereeing matches in large numbers. A lengthy ban for this individual is a must. And yeah, like like what you were saying there, like I put something out on TikTok earlier and everything else, just sort of talking about the, the issue and everything else. And plenty of comments were saying like the referee, you know, it was bizarre comments really. Some people saying the referee deserved it. He made a terrible call and, and everything else. And I just think regardless of the decision that the referee does, like if he makes a horrendous decision, you know that does not warrant assault you know what i mean like that's and i think for people who think that like they obviously you know you must wonder what their up, upbringing is you know what i mean if they think that's acceptable like and um yeah like some of the reactions been surprising like i seen Colin parkinson even say it was harmless enough um which again i disagree with like the like the worst time ever you can attack you know you can push someone or attack someone is when they don't see it coming when they have yeah. their back turned because when your back's turned and you're walking normally, you know, like you're not expecting, you, you know, your body isn't ready for that. And if you actually look at the incident, some people are saying like, oh, he threw himself to the ground and different things like that. And the way he fell, like the way he probably fell was because he wasn't expecting it, you know. And it's like anything. It's like if you're walking down the street, if you're walking home from work, going to get the bus or, you know, like walking back to your house and someone comes up and pushes you without you expecting it. You're, you know, you're, you know, so like it's. Yeah, it, it is disgraceful and lifetime bans, I think, definitely need to be issued out. Um, and even something I was thinking of, and I know this might be a little bit far-fetched and a little bit harsh, but when a lot of these incidences were happening, like back in, you know, the, the 70s and 80s in soccer and English football, and I know, like, some very, very tragic things obviously happened there, but clubs were punished. Clubs were punished. Clubs were kicked out of European competition. Clubs were kicked out of you know, lots of stuff. And I'm not saying, obviously what happened then and what's happening now is obviously not the same, but I just think maybe if there were some punishment given to clubs, you know, play behind closed doors or something like that, because that will stop fans. Fans won't do that. And then, and then clubs will be like, you know, we can't, we can't have this. Um, And you'd hate for anyone to, to, to be the example. Do you know what I mean? Because this is happening left, right and center. But 
yeah, it's it's hard to really know what the solution is because, as you said, it's so hard to police. And yeah, I I think the GA need to come out and start making statements on this, though. I think, and I think that's the problem. They don't seem to be. They just seem to ignore it. They're just sitting back, and that's that's the honest thing about it, Aaron. And a few points on this. Even with him, remember the tackle. I know this isn't the fan or anything, but Reno need brilliant player and all that. But his tackle on, uh, I think, it was a Michael O'Neill for Tyrone in the championship earlier in the year, was given us a straight red and he would have been suspended. The fact that me, you, Seamus, John, anybody in, in the GA circle were talking about it being rescinded probably epitomizes what society we live in now. Like, mm. I think the GA are just too lenient on individuals. Like, they're saying, oh, It'll, it, it'll affect his performance on the pitch and it will, you know, it, it, him missing an all-around vinyl or missing a club quarter vinyl is an absolute disgrace. And, you know, it's the livelihood of uh, the, uh, the GA and things like that. The guy committed a ridiculous, uh, you know, he hit a fella at the back of the head or, or stamped on somebody or, or whatever. It needs to be punished. Simple as that. You know, it's it's it really. I I don't think it's that hard for the GA to police. And I know people would say, "Oh, Tullamore, we we don't we don't deserve this and things like that." Maybe what you're saying there, maybe we'll police it better. Maybe we'll get a stop to this sort of behaviour going on, and it will stop these sort of idiots. It'll make them think this is wrong. But the fact that GA keep ignoring it and they don't put out statements, the GA fans will do it more and more and more and more. And it will get to a point, as you mentioned in your tweet yesterday, until something tragic happens. And we don't want that. We really don't want that in our society. And, and another thing which uh, Colin Parkinson and a lot of people saying, oh, he went down too easily. And the referee it went down too easily when you're getting hit in the back of the head. Come on now. Come on. Seriously. If, if your person did that on the streets on Dublin streets or Cork streets or Limerick streets, the guy is getting jail time. But if he does it on a GA pitch, no punishment. And yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous in its own right. And as well as that, the referee's decision shouldn't play into this. And I've said this before with the Montbelli by Lock incident two years ago. A referee's decision, look, it's a split-second decision. If he gets it wrong, look, it's human error. Simple as that. And people will go back to all... Um, a lot of Liverpool fans were going on about replay and uh, things. I remember that incident with Liverpool and Tottenham a few weeks ago with VAR. But the difference of that is, one, they had video assistant referees there. So they didn't have split-second decisions. They had to look at it on monitors and things like that. And number two, them referees are getting paid. GA referees are doing it on a voluntary basis. They're taking time out of their day to referee a 15-on-15 match. Hmm. And what's, what's the tanks they get for that? Game beds off the back of the head from a ridiculous individual. And it's just, it's it's sad really, but this keeps continuing. I hope it stops. Seamus is probably the same. John's the same. You're the same. We all want this to stop. But for this to stop, the GA have to pull their finger out and do something on this. Simple yeah. as. And that's all I'll say on um this story, it's it's ridiculous. It orcs me, really, uh, that this thing is still happening in a, in a G again. Yeah, no, me too, me too. No, it, need, it needs to stop. Like, this definitely does need to, to stop at this stage because it's just, it's getting way too out of hand. And as as you were saying, like, you know, you know, touch wood, nothing, 
you know tragic ever happens with with some of these instances but we're just playing well, i think that we're, we're on a real slippery slope i think in many ways um but hopefully G, the ga can get hold of this i think they need to come out making statements they need to address these type of this type of behavior um otherwise it will it will just it will just keep happening um we're just running through the, the three games anyway so Obviously, there was a game that was played, and it was uh, Summerhill who got the better of Tullamore, one nine to one seven, and the Arrow with Carlo beat Le- beat uh, St Joseph's of Leash, uh, two eighteen to three thirteen, two point win there after extra time, and St Lomans got a big win over Shelmaliers of Wexford, so one ten to uh, to one eight St Lomans of Westmead. So, uh, I mean, any thoughts on any of those uh, results? Good win for for St Lomans, and uh, I suppose. Summerhill getting the better of of uh, of Tullamore as well. Yeah, huge win for Summerhill. I would have probably expected Tullamore to get over the line, but Summerhill they had guts to get over and fair play to them for getting over the line and a uh, brilliant result for them. They play Nace now in the quarterfinals, so it's clear me rivalry there. So and um, that should be a very good game, very entertaining game in general. Say Lomans, you would have expected them to get over the line. In all honesty, are like I know. Uh, Shane Milliers, they have some decent players themselves, but St. Lowen's are nearly like an inter-county side for Westmead. So, like, it was accept- expected that they go over the line. Um, Arrow beating St. Joseph's, like, you would have, if for a while there, I was looking at it on uh, Clubbird scoreboard, the, like, the Kerry Championship game was over, and I was picking over back between St. Joseph's and Arrow and um, the England South Africa rugby match. And actually, the the Leinster Championship game was absolutely excellent. It was brilliant um, at the end, particularly. You thought St. Joseph's had it with a few a few points and things like that. I think St. Joseph's missed a penalty towards the end of the game. And you're thinking, oh no, they have a, a chance missed here. And considering this team beat Port Arlington and Port Leash, look, what a trio would have been to beat Oak from Carlo as well. Three huge clubs, but ultimately, very good performance for Oak for getting over the line. Um, they ended an exceptional performance in fairness to them. Like, yeah, I think uh, Dermot Root had a very good performance from them. Um, Adam McCarn, I think, was excellent for um, Eroge in getting, I think, it was six or seven points in that game. Excellent performance from him. So, Eroge, they march on. Ross Stonefield there as well. Murta um, um, Ware, um, John Morris in midfield. Like, John Morris, we know how good he is for uh, the Carroll team. Um, like, Mark Fury at centre-back. Benny Kavanagh. Like, they, Colin Poulton got three points, three excellent scores. I actually watched two of these scores at club or excellent um, point-taking from him. And he's Carlo Senior, obviously, a Carlo Senior scoring machine. So, um, yeah, very good result for Aero. Brilliant result for all three sides this weekend. And on they march. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Gavin was saying here, was wondering about Leinster. So, the Dublin Championship end after other parts of uh, of, of Leinster begin. Um, yeah, they, they normally just do the preliminary rounds for the Leinster Club Championship a few weeks before the other provincial club championships. I'm not entirely sure why. Like, they could have probably done it next weekend, but I suppose it gives a, a break for um, the Dublin champions and, and some of the other champions as well. Maybe before we finish up, your what what's your prediction for next weekend in the Cork? Football final between Castlehaven and uh, Nemo Rangers. I mean, obviously the Bars not in the final. I think they might have been maybe your pick earlier in the year. Um, yeah, who 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 would you be predicting to come out on top? It's it's a funny one, really. Like I've had so many differing opinions on this um, Castlehaven Nemo Rangers. I'd love from a West Cork point of view, I'd actually love Castlehaven to do it. And they haven't done it since 2013 in an incredible stat in its own right. And you look at Castlehaven's players, Rory Maguire, the Cahalan brothers, and Dame Connor, Jack, you Brian Hurley, Michael Hurley, Mark Collins. There's exceptional talent all over the field for Castlehaven. Um, 
and they had an exceptional result against the Bars, like everyone was expecting, including me. The Bars get over the line in that game, but Castlehaven showed guts and resilience to get over that line. And James McCarthy's done an absolutely brilliant job there. And like I'd be hoping Castlehaven win it from a West Car point of view, from a Southern Star point of view, obviously. But Nemo, they're serial winners. And they showed that last year. Even when the Bars are a better team, Nemo finds some way to get over the line in Cork. But um, like it's going to be a very difficult one to call because I think Castlehaven are the better team. They have a better manager. They have better players. They probably have a better team ethic than Nemo. But Nemo have that final note. It's kind of like, like in the Hurling Championship a few years ago. You look at Tipperary, have brilliant players all over the field. They have Liam Sheedy in charge. But Kilkenny have that final mentality. It's almost like this. And Nemo have that final mentality to try and get over the line in this. I know Mark Cronin's in good form, but Luke Conley isn't really in good form. He scored two goals in the semi-final against Duvalo, but hasn't done much in the championship other than that. It should be interesting. It really should be an interesting final. If I had to call it no, I'd probably go Nemo Rangers to win it. But like if if a car team is to go further in Munster, I think it'd be better if Castlehaven win it. But I think Nemo the final notes will be good enough to get them over the line in this uh, final. But um, it should be an interesting game live on Rebels Online next Sunday. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, it'll definitely be worth uh, worth checking out. I think I backed Castlehaven. I think I gave them uh, I gave a prediction for them earlier in the in the season. So, um, well, I obviously haven't watched any of the core club championship though. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, should be interesting. Make no uh, mistake about that. But. Yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap this up here anyway. Cheers, anyone who uh, who who obviously tuned in. Uh, make sure to hit the like button and subscribe. Check out Matthew Hurley's show uh, on the Gaelic Stats and make sure to check out his Instagram and uh, and everything else. And yeah, make sure to be hitting that like button, subscribing, all that good stuff. You know the drill by now. And uh, Matthew, we'll speak to you again. And uh, for anyone who tuned in, speak to you on the next one.